This is Bethel Online. Welcome home. This is the next best thing to being at Bethel on Sundays. We are driven by making disciples of Jesus who make disciples. When you're online, interact with us on Facebook and Instagram. When you're in Barhead, Alberta, drop in Sundays to Friday. Our goal on this podcast is to ask questions, challenge certainty, and grow a relationship with Jesus so you can go the distance and bring others with you. Thank you for tuning in. Make today count. How many know that 40 years is a long time? It's a long time. Um, Let me ask you a question real quick, and um, if you can help me out, I'd appreciate it. How many you would stand if you were not alive 40 years ago? If you've been born in the last 40 years, that's 1979. How many of you were born after 1979? Would you just stand real quick? Yeah, just stand up. Just want people to look. Take a look around you. Some of you are on the edge and you're afraid to stand up to admit. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. That is huge. Thank you. And just looking around, there's a lot of life lived here in the last 40 years. We recognize that people die in 40 years. People are born in 40 years. Life changes a lot in 40 years. In 1979, Pierre Trudeau was the Prime Minister of Canada. So much for the whole thing of life changing, right? I mean, just another name, just another Trudeau in power. Jimmy Carter was President of the United States. And uh, I was looking up some stuff. Trivial Pursuit was invented in 1979. So if you ever ask that Trivial Pursuit question, 1979. Good, good, good question. Um, gal- a gallon of co- uh, gas cost 86 cents. A gallon of milk cost $1.62. A stamp for mail, a postage stamp. How many remember what mail is? <laughs> Don't use it much anymore. A postage stamp back then cost 15 cents. And um, the average house cost $71,800. Wow. Life has changed a lot in just 40 years, hasn't it? We recognize that. For 40 years in the Bible, the Bible says that the Israelites wandered around as nomads in the desert. Um, They had come out of Egypt, and it should have only taken them three weeks to get to what God called the promised land. But instead, it took them 40 years. And part of the reason for that was when they came to the edge of the promised land, they decided they didn't want to go in. They were afraid. They were afraid of who lived there. They were afraid that God wasn't going to keep his promises. And so the Bibles had them, God had them turn around and go back into the wilderness where for 40 years they wandered around. And for 40 years, guess what happened? People died. People were born. A whole new generation rose up in those 40 years' time And meanwhile, a whole other generation passed away. But now, 40 years have passed. Now they stand on the edge of the wilderness, and they're about to go into the promised land 40 years after they should have the first time. And God says to them this, through the prophet Joshua, the leader Joshua, he says this, Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow... The Lord will do amazing things among you. Consecrate yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things among you. Now, I like that video we showed just a bit, a few minutes ago, about making today count. I picked it. 
So of course I like it. That's a good video. Uh, talking about not wasting today. And, you know, I, I like that video, and, but I kind of don't like it either. Because there's a philosophy that says, live for today and forget tomorrow. Because you may not have tomorrow. But the Bible does say you have a tomorrow. Every one of us has a tomorrow. And God says that we can't avoid tomorrow. The philosophy is live like there's no tomorrow. But true maturity is learning from yesterday, living for today, and getting ready for tomorrow. Learn from yesterday. You can't live in yesterday. How many know that? can't live in yesterday. The old, good old days, they're gone. They're not coming back. If you're living there, there's something wrong. The good old days, we learn from them. We learn lessons from them. We, we learn from the people who went before us. They, they teach us. They taught us how to live. They taught us how not to live. They taught us things. We need to learn from yesterday, but we've got to live for today. We've got to live in today's world, but we also have to get ready for tomorrow. We have to get ready for tomorrow. And if we get those things mixed up, we are really messed up in our lives. You need to have those things in proper order. Learn from yesterday, live for today, but get ready for tomorrow. Today's message is very, very simple. I'm here to remind you that you have a tomorrow. You have a tomorrow. And I'm here to remind you that God has a plan for your tomorrow. You may not know what tomorrow holds but God does. I've talked to people in church on Sunday and then in the middle of the week found out they had an accident or found out that they were not well, in some cases even passed away. We have a tomorrow. You have a tomorrow. I don't know what that tomorrow holds, but I know you have a tomorrow. Um, For some, uh, your tomorrow may be just going back to work, going back to school, going camping. For some, your tomorrow may be your first day in heaven, but you do have a tomorrow. And I want to remind you of that. Listen to some scriptures. I put them in your your notes and you can follow along with me. I'm just going to read them real quickly, but they're all from the scripture and they all talk about tomorrow, things that God wants to do tomorrow. Exodus chapter 9 verses 5 and 6, the Lord set a definite time saying, tomorrow the Lord will do this thing in the land. Exodus 9, 18, Behold, about this time tomorrow, I will send a very heavy hail such as has not been seen in Egypt from the day it was founded until now. 1 Samuel chapter 11, verse 19, They said to the messengers who had come, Thus you shall say to the, the men of Jabesh-Gilead, Tomorrow, by the time the sun is hot, you will have deliverance. So the messengers went and told the men of Jabesh, and they were glad. They were glad that they had a tomorrow. The thing they were facing that day was very hard and they never thought they would have a tomorrow. But God said, no, you have a tomorrow and tomorrow before it gets noon, I'm going to do something incredible in your eyes. And of course for farmers, Haggai chapter 2 verse 19. Is the seed still in the barn? Even including the vine, the fig tree, the pomegranate and the olive tree? It has not borne fruit. Yet from this day on, I will bless you. How many are glad you have a tomorrow? There's always a tomorrow. And we need to look forward to tomorrow and get ready for tomorrow. As I said, some of you, your tomorrow may just be 
similar as today. You may get up and do your chores, do whatever you do, but for some of you, your first day tomorrow or your day tomorrow may be in heaven. It may be your first day in heaven. We don't know that. We don't know what tomorrow holds. There's a few things that when we talk about that, we, we have to understand. First of all, we can't fear tomorrow. You, you can't worry about it or be anxious about tomorrow. You can't control tomorrow, but you can't worry about it either. In the book of Matthew, chapter 6, Jesus is speaking, Sermon on the Mount. Listen to the words he says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food, and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So do not worry, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You can't be anxious about tomorrow. You can't fear tomorrow. You can't worry about it. it, You're not going to change anything. It's going to come whether you want it to come or not. It's going to come. Don't fear tomorrow. Many people, I've talked, to, I've talked to Christian people, and we talk about the things of God, and they talk about the end times, and they're, they're not ready for I, I, I don't, I don't want that to happen. I'm afraid of what will happen. I've talked to young people who are afraid of what the next step will be after high school. I'm afraid of what, what's, what I've got to do. I'm afraid of the next step. I don't know what to do. You can't worry about tomorrow. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Yet some people are so um, uh, so so consumed by what could happen. You know, they did a study years ago, and they said that most of the things we worry about never happen. Never happen. We worry about possibilities, and they never happen. And so don't worry about tomorrow. You can't fear tomorrow. Second thing is you can't boast about tomorrow. You can't boast about tomorrow. You can make your plans, and you can say, this is what you hope to do tomorrow or next week or six months down the road, but you can't boast about it. You can't say. In fact, James, James chapter 4, listen to what God says. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we'll go do this or that, or we'll go to that city, spend a year there, carry on business and make money. Why? You don't even know what will happen tomorrow. What is your life? You're a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it's the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's sin for them. That's James chapter 4, 13 to 17. Um, Our lives are not guaranteed. We don't know what tomorrow is going to happen. And we can plan, and we should plan. And we can dream. We should do those things. We should have ideas as to what we want to do. But in reality, you don't know what's going to happen. used to be when I was growing up in church, we'd hear this phrase a lot more often than we do today. If it be the Lord's will. If it be the Lord's will. We don't talk like that today. I hardly ever hear anybody say, we're going to go to here if it's the Lord's will. We just have our plans all made up, and it's all us. But you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. And we need to live in light of the fact that God has a will. God has a plan for your tomorrow. And you may not know what it is. 
And so while we make our plans, we have to recognize that we can't boast about them, that God has a plan. And we need to come back to the place where we understand clearly that if it's God's will, this is what I plan to do. But if it's not God's will, that's not going to happen in my life. And so we can't boast about tomorrow. The third thing we can't do is we can't ignore tomorrow. We can't ignore it. In Luke chapter 12, verses 13 to 21, Jesus tells a story about a farmer who lives for today. He puts in his crops, he takes in the harvest, he builds bigger and bigger barns. All he can think about is today and all the blessings, well, he doesn't call them blessings, all his riches, all his goods. He just worries about today. He's consumed with today and he completely forgets about tomorrow. And then one night, the Bible says, that God comes to him and says to him, actually calls him a fool. He says, your tomorrow is not going to be on this earth. You're not going to see tomorrow's sunlight from the perspective you see it today. And then Jesus says, this is how it will be with whoever stores up things themselves but is not rich towards God. There are some people that live like there is no tomorrow. But you can't ignore the fact that there's a tomorrow. We have to live in light of the fact that God has a plan for us. We can't fear it. We can't ignore it. We can't boast about it. But we can get ready for it. And that's why I want to talk to you real quickly today about how do you get ready for tomorrow, for the tomorrow that's coming your way the tomorrow that God has for you. A couple things here. I just want to give them to you real quickly. Psalm 119, verse 11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. You see, we invest spiritually today in our lives for what's going to come tomorrow. You don't know the temptations you're going to be faced with tomorrow. That's why we invest today spiritually so that when tomorrow comes and tomorrow's challenge comes, I have something with which I can fight. I have something with which I can help me. It can help me come against whatever that I'm facing. Thy word have I hidden my heart today that I might not sin tomorrow. Some people just don't get the idea of reading your Bible on a regular basis. They just don't think it makes any sense. And some days it doesn't. Some days it just seems like a lot of work, a lot of pain. But you need to see that you need to establish spiritually in your life today some truths so that tomorrow when you face a challenge, you've got something already there. It's too late when you're facing temptation tomorrow to think, oh, what's that verse of scripture? I, I know there's, I know the Bible, I know Pastor Dave talked about that last week. We need to hide God's word in our heart today so that when we're faced with challenges tomorrow, we have something to work with. Amen? You need to prepare for tomorrow. One of the ways you do it is through the Word of God and installing it, putting it into our lives today. I mentioned um, last week we had a break-in in our church, a couple, two weeks now, and um, they stole a couple computers, laptop computers. It's very frustrating when that happens. Um, for one thing, it's kind of fun to go buy a new computer. But do you know a new computer coming out of the box is useless? It's totally useless. 
in order for me to work with it, I got to do a lot of work to get it ready for tomorrow, the things I want to do. I got to install new programs. Prakash is not here today. He comes and puts stuff on it and passwords and all this stuff that we need to do. It's useless if I don't do for it then so I can work with it tomorrow. Can I just forgive me for being so blunt? But if you don't hide God's word in your heart today, you're useless for tomorrow. You're useless. You're not going to stand. When the enemy comes, you'll have nothing built up inside. This is what this verse of scripture says. I hide your word in my heart today so that when tomorrow comes, I'm not useless. I have something with which to fight. I have something with which I can stand against it so I might not sin against you. We invest spiritually today for what we might face tomorrow. And when it comes, we're ready. Another passage of scripture is Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 21. Uh, we read a little bit of it. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. You get to determine what your future will be like by how you invest today. And I'm just going to be very blunt. Uh, in a month's time, two months' time, I won't be your pastor anymore so I can talk about money without worrying about it. If you don't invest financially today in the things of God, in the work of God, in missions, in your own home church, the Bible says, this is not talking philosophically now this is not talking about ethereal stuff you know that's up in the air that's so spiritual this is talking about real life money you invest today in things so you lay up treasure for yourself in heaven things that we invest in spirit if we use everything up today all the stuff that we have when we die as they the old saying is there's no uh, hearse that is followed by a u-haul trailer taking your stuff with you right? It's gone. It's gone. If you don't invest what you have today and use it for tomorrow and lay up treasures for yourself tomorrow, it's gone. You've wasted it. And so Jesus, this is Jesus talking about your money. He says, invest in tomorrow, invest in eternity, invest in things that will make a difference in somebody's life. Just, I just got a letter this week from our head office and, um, as you give missions offerings every month, um, some of those are designated and some of those we give out uh, every six months. We, we, we send them to various missions groups and various missions activities. And uh, last, about six months ago, we sent some money um, to a, a group from our Pentecost assemblies called ERDO, Emergency Response and Development Overseas. And it's that function or that wing of our, of our Pentecost assemblies that ministers to um, crisis situations around the world. And right now there's a place called Rohingya. Um, it's a, a refugee camp where people have been forced, Christians have been forced to leave their country because of uh, persecution against Christians. And people are living in, in horrible situations. And so because they, they told me in the letter that because of the offerings we gave, we were able to invest in like several hundred families' lives for six months of time. You say, well, I didn't give that much money. You don't understand. Most of you don't understand. Overseas, our money goes a lot further than it does here. 
And because people invested here, lives were saved there. Children were saved from starving to death because you invested money. You see, the Bible says that we have a chance to decide for ourselves how we can invest in tomorrow with the things that we have today. And that's Jesus speaking. So invest for tomorrow. Get ready for tomorrow. Use your investments wisely. And then thirdly, there's another couple of passages of Scripture. Matthew 24, verse 44 says, So also you must be ready, because the Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. And John 14, 3, If I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that, where, uh, that you also may be where I am. One of the ways that we get ready for tomorrow is we anticipate and we look forward to Christ's return. Christ is coming back. And we need to look forward to that. We need to anticipate that and prepare for that. Um, we are talking in our Bible study this week that over, over time, over many years of time, there are waves of interest in second coming. There's a time back in World War II when people were just talking about the second coming of Christ all the time. Who was the Antichrist? Who was this? Who was that? Just, just every, every, every place you went, every church you went. Uh, uh, it was, you know, end times. Preach about the end times. In the very first church I pastored, I found out that I could have a crowd on Sunday morning if I would just announce that I was preaching on the end times. I had men and women literally say to me, if you would preach to us about the end times, we'd be there every Sunday. It's like, well, there's a little more to life than just end times. It's important, but it's not the be-all and the end-all. And back, I, I had to do a study when I was, I was telling my Bible study class, I had to do a study when I was in Bible school about what the Pentecostals believed about the end times and what they taught about the end times. And um, I had to go through what was called the Pentecostal Testimony. It was a Pentecostal magazine that was probably a lot more familiar than it is today, but that, those were articles. It was a monthly magazine. And so from about 1917 onwards, there's been a Pentecostal testimony. And so I had to go through the archives and go through all the Pentecostal testimonies and chart down all the articles on the second coming. And it was amazing. Pastors telling who was the Antichrist and who was this and who was that. And one particular little news article said that this one pastor decided that he would announce on Sunday um, uh, when Christ was returning. So he said, he said, uh, next Sunday I will announce in church when Christ is coming. You need to be here to hear this. Next Sunday, I'm telling you when Christ is coming back. And so next Sunday, the people gathered. Church was packed to the doors. And he quoted this verse. The Son of Man will come in an hour when you do not expect him. The fact that we don't expect him doesn't mean we shouldn't get ready. Several years ago, we had somebody break into our garage. Um, my wife tells me we've got a bunch of junk in our garage. So I don't know what they were looking for. Um, but they did go to the freezer, and they took some food out of, the, out of the freezer. And they took a few other things, too. And um, looking back, the door wasn't locked. We hadn't secured it at all. Uh, now, if you come to our garage at night, 
you may have a light flash in your eyes, because now we've installed a security light, motion detector light. Uh, the door is now locked every night, and we now have bars on the window of our garage door. You can't break the window and get in. Um, we've tried our best to anticipate the fact that burglars could come back. Jesus said, likewise, you'd be a fool not to get ready for the Lord's return. If you knew when a robber was coming, you'd get yourself ready. And you don't know when that is. But spiritually, we've been told Jesus Christ is coming back, and we need to prepare ourselves for that. Jesus said to his followers to comfort them. He said, I go and prepare a place for you, and I will come back and take you to be with me you also may be where I am. I don't know how many times I've preached that passage of scripture when I've dealt with funerals and talked to people about their loved ones passing away and that God has prepared a place for them. They're not left wandering. They're not left homeless. But that God has prepared a place for them and for us. And he wants us to be where he is. We should anticipate and look forward to the return of Christ. Let me just close by saying, God has your tomorrow already planned out. You should live for today. You should learn from yesterday. And you should live for today. Nobody's ever denying that you should live for today. Uh, we, we need to enjoy today. This, as the video said earlier on, this is a day we can change the trajectory, trajectory of our life. This is a day we can make it count. We should. We should anticipate today and believe in today and do and live for today. We should do that. But we also need to get ready for tomorrow. The word was from Joshua, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow God's going to do something. God's going to do something marvelous. What does it mean to consecrate yourself? What does it mean to get yourself ready spiritually? Here's a couple things. First of all, is surrender your life to Christ. If you're here today and you've never given your life to Christ, you've never said, God, I want you to come in and be my Savior. I want to live for you. I want you to take away my sins. If you've never done that, you may have heard about it. You may have talked about it. But if you've never done that, you're not ready for tomorrow. You can't be ready for tomorrow if you don't have Jesus Christ as your Lord today. You need to surrender yourself to Jesus Christ and say, Jesus, I want you to be the Lord of my life. When that takes place, it doesn't really matter what happens tomorrow. God's got it under control. You need to surrender yourself. If you're here today, you've never done that. Let this be a day of preparation for tomorrow. Surrender yourself to Christ today. Second thing we should do in consecrating ourselves is ask ourselves if we have any unresolved bitterness or unforgiveness in our lives. You can't just ignore it. I know there are Christians that are still mad at people from things that happened years and years ago. You don't talk to them. You won't have anything to do with them. You'll ignore them. You're angry and bitter inside. It just it start, starts to stir you up when you just even begin to think about them. And you call yourself Christ-like. That's not Christ-like. And if you're going to prepare yourself tomorrow, you don't want to enter eternity holding on to bitterness of the past. Deal with it. Forgive. Jesus said, forgive your enemies. Love them. And so we need to deal with unresolved bitterness and forgiveness, or unforgiveness. There are so many people, sadly, that are living with things from the past and people that have hurt them. And sometimes, sadly, 
We've forgotten long ago what they even did to hurt us. What, what did they do? We don't even know. We just know we're mad at them. We just know we're angry at them. We've got to deal with it. And then lastly, um, we, there are people that want to hold on to the past when God wants you to move forward. You know, if God has a tomorrow, he can't keep holding on to the past. Can't keep holding on to the past. I saw something recently that I'm still trying to convince myself whether I want to do. Um, you know that in Toronto there's a CN Tower? Anybody see pictures of it? How many know that there's an observation deck? You can go up there and look around. They actually have a glass floor, which I hate. Because I always think I'm the one that's going to make it crash through. I just got in my mind, you know, too much weight, boom, it's going to go through. And I, I start, Elaine was with me. I, I walk on the steel girders that separate the glass pieces. And then I tell everybody I walked on the glass floor. I'm actually walking on the steel that separates the glass, just in case. Um, but did you know that they now have a new attraction at the CN Tower? Where they put you in a harness and they have a steel frame around and you hook yourself to the harness and they have a five foot wide a steel great sidewalk that you can climb out at one of the highest peaks of the CN Tower and walk on a five foot steel sidewalk. Just the thought of it scares me. Now, I think I'm fairly coordinated. I've been involved in sports. I mean, I should be able to walk um, on a five-foot sidewalk without falling off. Don't you think? I should be able to do that. But there's something about lifting it up a couple hundred feet in the air, or a thousand feet, whatever it is, that somehow it scares the willies out of me. I just... But I've decided I think I want to do that. So if you ever hear me going to Toronto... Pray for me. Um, but you know what? You'll never do that holding on to the past. If you're going to hold on to the past, you're never going to step into your future. Can't do it. You cannot win a baseball game just getting to first base. At some point in time, you've got to get off first base and go on to second base. You can't move forward holding on to the past. Some people want to live in the past. And the past was good and it brings back fond memories. You know, we, we think of things that, that we enjoyed in the past. I do, believe me, I do. Um, but the realities are God has a tomorrow for me. And if I continue to live in my past, I'm never going to get what God has for me tomorrow. I want to encourage you and challenge you. Don't live in your past. Some of you have been hurt in your past. Some of you have had people that have abused you, said things about you, things have happened to you in your past, and it would be easy for you just to hold on to your past and think about all the bad things that have happened in your past. You'll never make it to the future if you live in your past. Some of you have had wonderful things happen to you in your past. 
great blessings, great times, memories. Oh, they're so good, and you want to hold on to those things so tight. But God has even better things for you tomorrow. And even your successes that you hold on to, if you hold on to them too tight, you'll never reach tomorrow. God has a tomorrow for you. God's going to do incredible things tomorrow. The Bible says, consecrate yourselves today, for God's going to do something great tomorrow. Enjoy today. Live for today. Get the most out of today. Enjoy what God's doing today. But I remind you, God has a plan for your tomorrow. Don't fear it. Don't boast about it. Don't ignore it. But do get ready for it. Get ready for your tomorrow. Would you bow with me in prayer? Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you're the healer of the past. There are people that are sitting here today that have been hurt in the past. People have said things, done things to them. They've been cheated. They've been lied to. Their past, if they continually bring it up, will just destroy them. But you have a tomorrow for them. You have something for them tomorrow. So help them get ready for tomorrow by letting go of the past. There are people who have been blessed greatly in the past, and you've done so many wonderful things for them in the past. They have such fond memories of things that happened before. But God, you have even greater things in store for them tomorrow. So may they not hold on to the past. May they consecrate themselves. May we invest in ourselves spiritually today for what you have planned tomorrow for us. I thank you, God, for your people, and I thank you that we can serve you, and I pray that you would just speak to our hearts today as we enjoy this weekend, enjoy what you have for us, enjoy the, the, the weather and the work. I know lots of people working on the, on the fields today or in the next weekend, and, and we pray, God, if you would just surround them with your presence, with your grace, with your power. But Lord, as we also do that, may we also remember there's a harvest, there's a tomorrow. We're doing today so that we can enjoy tomorrow. So I pray that your people would just put their hand in your hand and uh, begin to recognize tomorrow. I pray this in the name of our Savior, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Dwayne, where are you at? Could you come and lead us in that song that you sang, Our God? Um, the song, Our God. Uh, again, I was just noticing the words as we sang them today. Into the darkness you shine. Into the darkness you shine. Do you think about that at all? Have you ever had dark periods of your life? Maybe mourning the loss of someone or something? You've gone through periods of real darkness. It's into our darkness that God shines and brings hope and light. Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. Have you ever gone through a time when it seems like everything's lost? Everything is hopeless. There is nothing going to change. Nothing is going is to be different tomorrow. It's into the darkness that he shines. And it's out of the ashes that we rise. What a powerful song. It's because our God is greater. And he's bigger than anything else you can ever imagine. So let's just stand as we just close our service by singing, You Need the Hope of Tomorrow. You need that hope. For 40 years, they wandered in the wilderness. For 40 years, sand everywhere. Everywhere. They were ready for tomorrow. 
Some of you are ready for tomorrow. It's been dark too long. You've been living with hopelessness for too long. You've been living with pain and suffering for too long. There's a tomorrow for you. For some of you, the ashes have been piling up. All the things in your life have just been coming down. And there's nothing to look forward to. It's just ashes. And God says, I have a tomorrow for you. I have something for you tomorrow. Let me shine into your darkness. Let me help you rise out of the ashes. There's a tomorrow. There's a tomorrow. Father, thank you for your people. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your love. Lord, we allow you to shine into our darkness. We're tired of it. We're tired of the ashes. Help us to rise up. Help us to rise up into victory and to hope. I pray your blessing upon your people today. May they enjoy today. May they get ready and consecrate themselves because you want to do something even greater tomorrow. In your name we pray. Amen. Have a good weekend. Enjoy this long weekend. Uh, whatever you have to do, enjoy it. Get ready for tomorrow. God's doing great things. God bless you. We're going to stay here at the front. If anybody would like prayer and you want somebody to just pray with you, love to make ourselves available. God bless you.